hello and welcome to episode five of the TGM podcast. We're back to a normal episode after our Red Dead Redemption special, and that means it's the normal crew. So we've got Ollie with us again. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Sat out for an episode. I did. Rich took my reins, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) Ordered you to sit in the corner. (laughs) And um, we have Sam with us again. Hello. 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 So it's not been long since we did our Red Dead special a couple of days, but we're going to talk a little bit more about it because there's been some news appeared this week and uh, Ollie's finally got around to playing it so we can get his impressions briefly. I can see you've only popped one achievement, so I'm guessing you're not a long way into it. No, I'm not far at all. I don't don't know how many spoilers I can give. Probably shouldn't say anything about the story. I'm still in the snowy section. Let's leave it at that. Um, Okay. So people who know what that means will know that I'm not that far into the game. I, I was only playing it for a couple of hours last night. Didn't have too much time on my hands, but um, my first impressions are pretty good, obviously. It's hard to say anything bad about it so far. The world is really beautiful. The The way the characters move and stuff is really cool. Mm. Like the the engine work they've done is like insane. That's the bit about it I like the most, I think, like the sandboxy kind of world generation type stuff. And yeah, I'm liking it so far. The only like minor pet peeve I've got is I can't work out the horse mechanics too well. Like the when you, when you're staying in in line with the with your gang members and stuff, I I, I find it a bit janky. I don't know. Yeah, a lot I, of the it, stuff that they talk about in that opening section doesn't really amount to much later on. Like you don't have to use it an awful lot. Certainly not since in the time that I've played like the second chapter, it's not really come up a huge amount sort of staying in line with your posse and stuff. So okay. it's probably not something to immediately worry about, although I don't know how things develop later on in the game. Okay. You know, we didn't we didn't discuss that element about it on the special, but that's one thing I just thinking back now you mentioned it, I remember, is that it seems really hit and miss. Sometimes it'll say, you know, your whole day and it'll just follow perfectly, the, mm-hmm. the gang member. And sometimes I was expecting them to follow perfectly and they didn't and just kind of rolled off sideways yeah. and I had to correct myself. And it, yeah. it, it, there doesn't seem to be any certainty over when it's going to happen yeah, or not. that's exactly what I mean. It's like when they take a particularly sharp turn, you just don't <laughs> don't follow them and you just stood there like a wally. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. And then sometimes I was tapping A and it would be doing the same thing as holding down A and I didn't... Obviously, they're different, but I, d- I didn't know when one was the right one to be using and i don't know it's very minor but i'm sure it'll all yeah. work itself out once i get to or get used to the mechanics alan do you reckon you played a couple of hours a couple of hours yeah i did the first few missions basically all the tutorial stuff like it teaches you how to shoot and hunt and I skinned a couple of deers uh, <laughs> but yeah not too many opinions on the story yet obviously as i haven't really started this story properly okay i'm sure we can Find out more probably next week when you've had a bit more time. Sam, you're probably the best place to talk about these because I know you think you wrote all three of the stories, actually. There's been quite a bit going on around the game this week. Yeah, uh, so I guess my impressions are I haven't moved on much from our podcast either because I've been victim to one of the bugs that we've talked about this week. So I actually ended up restarting the game because I was kind of annoyed wow. that I'd missed out on some stuff luckily i haven't really got that far i mean I, I know i said on the podcast that i'd been wandering around a lot but certainly in terms of getting any missions done i hadn't really got anywhere so i thought i'll just start over but basically the 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 issue is is that when you start chapter two so after the snowy section the 
most obvious mission to pick up next is Uncle's mission. Uh, he has a mission where he takes everyone into town, and it seems like for at least some people that if you take that mission and do it before you do anything else in the camp, a few of the camp members disappear for oh, right, pretty okay. much the rest of chapter two. A, a lot of people were saying that, that they don't come back until chapter four, which is obviously pretty extreme. But I think a few other people were saying that, that some of those characters come back later. Sometimes they, they show up and sometimes they don't. It's a little bit difficult to kind of crystallize what the bug is because the camp is so natural that sometimes people do wander off for a bit and then they wander back in and, and you might not necessarily know that you've got the bug until quite a bit later on. But the characters to to watch out for are uh, Sadie, Abigail and Jack. So so John Marston's wife and kid um, and a character that you pick up in the first chapter as well. They can kind of disappear and they still turn up in, in cutscenes. So if you've got a mission going on where it goes into kind of the letterbox cutscene, section while you're in the camp they might show up in that cutscene but they're not actually around when you just kind of idling around in in the camp it's not it's not a game-breaking thing it's not Mm. tied to the main storyline missions but it does mean that a you're not getting some of the the ambient conversations that you would get which is a huge part of what people enjoy about about Red Dead 2 is is just stumbling across someone and having a, a full-blown conversation with them and, and the amount yeah. of effort they've put into all the dialogue and the writing, it's, it's, it's a shame to not see that. But uh, for the achievement and trophy hunters, there is a achievement and trophy for doing five requests, yeah. um, so item requests in the camp. And while there are, I think, people are reporting about 20 different item requests throughout the game, it's obviously making things a little bit more difficult to to make sure that you hit enough item requests before you reach the end of the game if three of the characters aren't around. Yeah, because I know Jack has a couple, I think. Yeah, and it's it's also interesting as well that, that Rich on the podcast was talking about the fact that he hadn't done any fishing yet. Oh, yeah, and that's one of the Jack's and side missions. obviously Jack is the person who introduces fishing into the game, and I hadn't had any fishing stuff yet either, and I'd got I'd got reasonably far into chapter two, so interesting. That because I wonder how they get around that because there's um, I I can't really say without spoiling it, but at the end of the fishing tutorial, Mm. something happens that is kind of story related. So even though it's a little side mission tutorial to show you how to fish, there's something kind of significant that affects why you're moving camps and things. So it's a, a bit of a weird one to be missing out. I guess that one. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I haven't on. really seen. Obviously, because so many people have had this bug and not even noticed, it's hard to to work out exactly where things have gone wrong and how how the game has managed to continue without those things those things happening. But mm-hmm. I figured, I because I, I wasn't that far in, I'll just restart. And actually, a few of the complaints that I had on the on the podcast have kind of eased off now that I I went back through the snowy section and it only took me about. I don't know, 40 minutes, half, 40 minutes to an hour to, to do that section because I got used to the controls at that point. So, mm-hmm. out of curiosity, because I know that one, that one mission for doing the five things, bringing them things, that's a missable that I think I've pretty much missed because I've only got a save right. that's kind of like at the end of chapter four. Yeah. So, once you got to chapter two, are you finding that you're getting them? Yeah, so so this is the interesting thing is that I wasn't 
before I I sorted out this bug and restarted the game, I wasn't I got one, but I didn't I even though I was hanging around all the time in chapter two at the right times of day according to, to what I've seen around on online. I wasn't getting any item requests, but as soon as I sorted out this bug and went into the camp and avoided Uncle's first mission, went to sleep and then started talking to people, Dutch immediately came up to me and asked me to That's grab really his powered. pipe. So right, okay. I think that it's definitely, if you're not that far into the game, well, certainly for, for Ollie, I would, I'd just make a manual save as soon as you start chapter two. Okay. Uh, just so you've got something to go back to and just just follow the guide that's in the story that we've we've got on site to just make sure that you talk to the people in the camp, basically everyone you can, but especially those three people mm-hmm. to kind of, it, it almost seems to kind of lock in those characters in the camp so that you don't get, don't get the bug and then maybe try and do some of the other missions that are available at the beginning of the chapter before you talk to uncle. Uh, that seems to sort it out. Okay. So there's several missable achievements relate, like that could be related to that bug or is there only one? I think it's probably only that one. I know there is another, there's, there's one for doing some side quests for camp followers, but I think that you can quite easily get that one through the story anyway. There are a lot of missables in the list. Four. Four, okay. I will try and 100% it. But I, don't, I noticed that um, like you can get different standards for the missions you do. So you can get bronze, silver, and gold. Yeah. Um, is there an achievement for like getting gold on every mission or something? 70 of them. 70, okay. Some of them you'll automatically get gold because there's no requirement. Like They'll just be a little stranger tasks later on. It's, it's a little bit awkward because you don't know the requirements until you've obviously finished the mission so yeah it's inevitable you're going to end up playing lots of missions two or three times probably if you want to go for that achievement trophy and i would say don't worry too much about it on the first one because when i went and restarted the the chapter one because i was that much more used to the controls i was getting more silvers that's definitely a bad bug yeah but there's a good bug as well I yeah suppose. yeah it, it kind of depends how much you care about uh, breaking the game to get loads and loads of money uh, it, this was something that happened with fallout 4 as well actually when that first came out is that basically someone's found an exploit where you can get unlimited gold bars in in a particular place just outside a camp in chapter two so it's way too complicated to explain on on the podcast, but it, we have a we have a site story for it. But yeah, basically, there's a there's a box that contains a gold bar and a pamphlet, and for whatever reason, if you have the box open and then make a manual save, and then reload your save, the pamphlet disappears, but the gold bar's still in there. And every time you pick up the gold bar, there's still another gold bar left in the box, so you can pick up uh, thirty gold bars, Jeez. and and that's that's your inventory full but if you go to a fence uh, and sell those you get 15 grand which is pretty much i know dave you were saying that you finished the game and you you were kind of sitting at about 20 grand at the end of the game is that right yeah exactly like so, i well. i kind of missed you know buying loads of guns so i was i was picked up quite a few guns as i went the, like if you i think if you pick them up off the floor you know when you kill somebody they kind of added to your inventory so i never felt the need to buy guns all and the, probably the horses are the most expensive item in the game. They're mm. like a, a grand for a really good one. And you, unless you're riding off cliffs constantly, you only need to buy one or two in case an accident happens or something like that. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's especially, and it's not like you're going to 
really need to do it, but I can understand that some people want to buy every item of clothing and all that kind of stuff, which inevitably 100% kind of completionist kind of people will do that. So I suppose it'll speed it up. Yeah, I mean, I it's interesting. I guess it's a bit of karma because I, I, I did the bug to test it so that I could write the story. And then obviously after that, I found out I had this other bug, so it felt a little bit like karma. So I haven't gone back and done anything yeah. with that gold bar now because I thought, okay, I've had my fun and the game's punished me for it. So <laughs> I think that probably as well, early on in the game, part of the enjoyment I had was not having any money. Mm. And and it felt like you really needed to go on these heists and things, you know, that yeah. you're planning because there was no food around the camp and all that kind of stuff. And because I got kind of so into it, like I felt like I needed to go hunting to, you know, bring back food to help everybody. And I needed to rob this random stagecoach that was passing just to get $20 to buy some medicine or something, you know, that kind of mm. thing. So, I mean, if you want to get really invested with it, I'd say it's not something you should do, but yeah. if you just want to No, I mean, it effectively, it, when, they, when a similar bug in Fallout 4, it effectively ruined the game for me because I realised that I could just run through the whole the whole game and, and not really worry about anything. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one to highlight, but but also interesting to see how Rockstar deal with it and whether they can patch something like that out. But obviously the other bug where there's disappearing characters is probably higher up on their priorities. Sure. Yeah, they did respond, didn't they? They've kind of uh, said that they're looking at it. And Well, it's interesting. Rockstar support have just said, sorry, they're not going to come back until Chapter 4 now. <laughs> okay. So, But you know what it's like with, you know, with companies like this, when you've got a rock star support, are gonna they're only gonna have a certain amount that they can say. Whereas the development team, I'm sure, are working on a patch for it of some kind. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, the last bit of Red Dead news, I suppose, shouldn't really surprise anybody. It sold very well. <laughs> yeah, so it's not the biggest game of the year. I don't. I think that was FIFA still in the UK anyway. Um, but it's had the biggest opening weekend. So this is something that Rockstar, the, the stats are, are ones that Rockstar put together. So they've massaged it a little bit. So Red Dead Redemption 2 has technically had the biggest opening weekend in entertainment product history. So anything kind of launched at retail. By biggest opening weekend, they mean literally anything released on a Friday through to Sunday. <laughs> mm. Because the three-day launch, I mean, to be fair, it's the second biggest three-day launch. So it's not it's not as though it's it's suffering too badly, but the first the the, the biggest three day launch is still belongs to GTA and GTA Five released on a Tuesday, right. so they can technically say that Red Dead had a bigger opening weekend. But I mean, it, to be honest, it's not it, it's still I I guess fairly surprising for me because it's a little bit more niche than GTA is, but it still managed to get uh, seven hundred twenty five million dollars in that opening three days and. Um, astronomical amount of money yeah and gta 5 got a billion which is obviously huge but you know it's got three quarters of the revenue in the first three days that gta 5 did and i would argue that gta 5 from what i remember anyway was although there's been a lot of hype about red dead that i mean the hype for gta 5 was was absolutely ridiculous so the fact that it's got that close to it is pretty impressive i went to a a midnight launch so it was a tuesday night and it was Probably, yeah, because it came out on the 360 first, didn't it? So mm. it was before digital downloads were like a massive thing. Yeah. And I've, I've, I'd been to a few mm-hmm. midnight launches where there was probably like 100 people there or something. And this, they were like literally queuing down the road. They must have been, 
600 people are queuing for it. I think I finally got the game at like four o'clock in the morning or something <laughs> like that. And then came home and realized you had to install a second disc and then I, I kind of went to bed <laughs> instead of playing it. But like even this, I went to Asda on Friday night to do some food shopping and there was a load of people at the customer service desk at Asda, you know, getting picking up the pre-orders and stuff like that yeah. just for Red Dead. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't tend to see that anymore. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm amazed people down still down. do that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, some people don't want to, or well, they want the physical copy. Yeah. I mean, it's had it's broken some digital records as well. I, only PlayStation have released their numbers, but PlayStation have, have basically said that, that Red Dead is the biggest game launch on PlayStation Network ever. So, in terms of digital sales, it's the biggest thing that's ever been launched on PlayStation. Mm which is pretty huge. So that's, that's again, the same kind of stats. So opening weekend and, and three day, the first three days since launch, this is broken those records. So mm-hmm. yeah, pretty impressive. It makes me wonder what their actual like profit figures are. Obviously we're never going to know, but um, mm. uh, Jack was talking to me about it the other day. Like the fact that Red Dead 2 has been in, in production or in development for so long. Mm-hmm. And there have been yeah. so many people working on it, like thousands of people. At Rockstar working on it, it, it obviously costs like probably up there in terms of like you know one of the most expensive games to make of all time. I, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd yeah. guess so. Like these huge figures might be a bit misleading. Might be might be a bit like too focusing on the the gross like numbers rather than like the fact that this game is one of the most expensive. I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, they was didn't they find out like they worked out how much. GTA 5 cost to make at one stage. I can't remember if it was, but I'm sure it was like three or four hundred million or something with yeah. the budget or something like that. So it costs a lot of money, but they're obviously still going to make a decent profit. Yeah, I, probably. Yeah. I just like saying controversial things, but I think they, <laughs> they, they, probably, they probably are making a lot of money. Yeah, it's not a, not a difficult guess to make. No. And then as well, they'll just roll it out on PC probably at some point and get a load more sales. And yeah. if it's anything like GTA five, I mean, that's still in the top 10 sales every week now yeah. <laughs> for some crazy reason. Mm-hmm. And then they'll remaster it when the new Xbox and PS. <laughs> Before we move on to another game, we got a question from Kingy Owl, Andrew King. Yep. It links into what you were just saying about next gen as well, actually. Because he says, uh, are the 10 out of 10 RDR2 reviews swayed by the fact that we simply haven't had as many big hitting titles this gen? Uh, Partly down to remaster culture uh, that the gen started with. Or is this game simply one of the best of all time? I reviewed it, so I can say, in my opinion, it's one of the best games I've played Mm. easily. Just in terms of everything about, you know, the polish and the story and you you quite often get a good game, but, you know, the the gameplay is a bit weak or the story is a bit weak or, you know, the different. this just seemed like the most polished, complete game I've played for mm. a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think it's, it's less to do with it being the remaster generation and more to do with, for me at least, it's to do with the fact that there hasn't really been a Rockstar game of this generation either and they do have a very significant kind of way of designing their games and 
while I think it's definitely worth all of the accolades that that, that people have uh, have given to it, it's probably the reason why the, the scores have been so consistently high is because a lot of reviewers out there have probably spent the last three or four years reviewing different versions of Assassin's Creed and <laughs> Witcher Three and Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, and Shadow of Mordor and things like that. Particularly in third person adventures, they've all had quite a lot of the same DNA in terms of the way oh, they control, yeah. the way that they tell stories. Um, so I think it's probably a breath of fresh air, much as which is the Witcher three was when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably been a bit of a breath of fresh air for a lot of reviewers to, to get into this game and think, Oh no, everything's kind of different. And I know that's frustrated a lot of people with the controls and stuff in the beginning of the game, but I think it's allowed people to immerse themselves in a different kind of experience as well. And that's probably elevated it quite like justifiably, like to, to being, such a well-renowned game so yeah it's 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 always nice to see rockstar just leap out of nowhere after five years and just say hey look we're doing everything differently mm-hmm. um enjoy um, and it seems, seems to have worked pretty well for them yeah yeah i agree i think it's undeniably up there with the best games well i've only played part of it but you know it's kind of obvious um <laughs> and it's and i think there have been hard-hitting titles this gen anyway as you sam mentioned a few of them and yeah it stands up very very well compared to those so yeah they just seem to do something i don't even know why but their open worlds just seem like on another level compared to everybody else like most ubisoft titles are kind of open world you know yeah. and they have a, a kind of each game kind of has a similar kind of makeup. I know they switched it up a bit for Assassin's Creed, but there's normally, you know, lots of icons on the map, mm. and towers to climb to reveal things, and Rockstar just seems to have a, a really simple way of doing it. They don't overcomplicate it or anything. Okay, that's a lot of talk about that again. Let's move on to another game that you kind of briefly mentioned. Then Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's a game I kind of got back into this week just because I was kind of blown out from playing 60 hours of Red Dead over four or five days or whatever. So I moved back, switched back to Odyssey, but there's been a new update and some new achievements and trophies for it this week. Yeah, so I, I kind of did the opposite because I, I was quite far through Odyssey by the time Red Dead came out. So I just smashed all the way through Odyssey and, and got the platinum before I started, well, roughly around the same time that I started Red Dead. So so yeah, I, I very much ended up enjoying it i think a few weeks ago i said that i was finding it difficult in the middle section of the game but i I ended up very much enjoying it as i always do assassin's creed is just my comfort food Um, (laughs) i've given up apologizing for it (laughs) but uh yeah so they've had a couple of new trophies and achievements turn up so these aren't the the season pass dlcs these are basically they said that what they're going to do is in between the two major paid for dlcs that they're going to release over the next uh i think six month period they're going to release free story content in between called the lost tales of greece so these two uh trophies and achievements are related to the first lost tale of greece that they've put into the game and basically all it is is just one thread of side quest it's really it took me 45 minutes probably uh, right, to, to do yeah. it and that's with and that's with me going in kind of new and there not being any guides around on the internet to, to find out where i was you know so i think it, it you know realistically if you're just interested in getting the the trophy you could do it in probably half an hour but 
it's in a level 46 area of the map so and i think you have to you have to have reached chapter 5 in the game to to access it anyway so it's definitely a late game addition but it's yeah. really not that hard if if it's basically a series of fetch quests and then someone puts on a play at the end and it's it's kind of funny like you you, you get some more time with the character but it's not it's certainly not essential but you can't really argue with free i guess but the <laughs> the other trophy uh, slash achievement has not it, we don't think it's in the game yet it's to defeat someone called the lightning bringer and no one's been able to find that person in the map. A lot of people thought it was going to be a mercenary, but based on, I did a bit of Googling and the name of the character seems to be related to a different mythical Cyclops in ancient yeah, Greek three lore. So that makes me think that it's probably actually going to be another mythical creature, presumably in the same place that you thought you fight the Cyclops, um, that presumably has some kind of lightning ability which sounds terrifying so i'm sure it's probably going to be quite tough but probably similar to the ones in origins when they started releasing the uh, the extra mythical bosses that you could fight so yeah we'll 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 find out when that appears i'm sure i'll be straight on it and try and write a guide as soon as possible i've already got a guide up for for finding the the new story mission so on, on that's on tt so if anyone needs help finding it you can go and have a look at that i'm going to hold off until that other, unless they split the update into two achievements, <laughs> I'm going to hold off so I don't ruin my completion percentage on it. <laughs> Just because I'm that anal. All right, let's move on to uh, start of a new month. There's been loads of industry news rolling around this week. So let's start with Games with Gold. So there's four new titles have been added. Pretty good month. So throughout the whole of November, you're going to be able to get Battlefield 1 which uh, great game it's a shame the premium pass was free it's uh, finished now so if you manage to download that you've got the full game and all the dlc packs for free which is an absolute bargain uh, you're going to get race the sun from the 16th to the of november to the 15th of december i think that's a game we streamed is it i don't recollect it it might have been before my time but, yeah, um, I think it might be Jack. Kind of look. I think it was kind of like an endless runner kind of game. Yeah, it looks like a phone game. Um, yeah, I've played uh, very similar games on on my phone. And then on the 360, and obviously back compact, we've got the very first Assassin's Creed. Mm. So if you want to go flag collecting, that's one for you. <laughs> that's a game I just can't go back to. Now. The, only one, so the only one they Creed. haven't remastered, I think, isn't it? It's the Is only it? one you can't get yeah. properly on on the on the current generation. So. It's. Um, I remember playing Assassin's Creed and then giving up very early in it. And then a friend started playing Assassin's Creed 2 and said to me that, uh, you know, you really should finish the first game. Just It's worth plowing through it just to get onto Assassin's Creed 2 because that's a much better game. And I'm glad he did convince me because it's very true. But it was a great idea at the time when it, there was a lot of interesting cool stuff yeah. in it but the gameplay was just so repetitive yeah i mean it was a different game really like it was the, the way that it, it was structured was just completely not anything like assassin's creed 2 even let alone what they do nowadays so it'd be a hard one to go back to now if you've jumped into the series at odyssey and then you pick up this on games with yeah, gold yeah. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle it's a completely different genre of game getting all those flags for the for the uh was it 100 flags on the map i think i've uh, there's more i think it's like 400 flags yeah something, or something like that and, so the Some of them are kind of glitchy and templars that you need to do that don't appear and yeah. stuff like that. 
Yeah, not not when I go back to it, I don't think. And then uh, also on the 3-6 date, we've got Dante's Inferno from the 16th to the 30th. That's not a game I know a lot about, but I seem to think it's quite well regarded. It's, as far as I'm aware, it's one that people either think is amazing and people should go and check out, or it's absolutely awful and you can avoid it. <laughs> okay. So it might be a bit of a divisive one. So obviously Battlefield 1 and Assassin's Creed available now, so go and download them. And I think it's Victor Vran is the other game from last month that's crossing over, so get that before November the 15th. Um, We also got some uh, PS Plus titles revealed. Yeah, so this was actually proving that there was a leak a few weeks ago that people were sort of wondering whether it was true or not, and it looks like it is. Um, So the two PlayStation 4 titles for the month are Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. I don't know, have either of you played that on the Xbox? Nope. Okay, I've heard I've heard good things about it. It's it's another one of those cult classics. I think yeah. it's 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 got like a kind of score streak mentality to it, a bit like something like Sunset Overdrive, I think, but more shooting related. So. I think I bought the original on like a sale mm. for really really cheap, and then has it been remastered now? Yeah, so this is the full clip edition. So this is the the next gen version of it, I think. Right. Okay. Um, and then the other game is Yakuza Kiwami, which is the first Yakuza game remastered. So that's quite a nice way to jump into that series, particularly if people have picked up a PlayStation 4 but never got into that series when it was first around. So, so tell me what type of game that is. It's a Japanese uh, action game, I guess. I, I guess it's similar to Shenmue. I don't know if you've played that at all, no. but it's... it's <laughs> I, I haven't really played them much. I, I actually bought Yakuza Zero, which is a prequel to this, uh, right. in the in the recent sale. So I haven't really spent a lot of time with it. But I know it's kind of a combat heavy RPG light kind of thing. I think I think it's probably similar to Sleeping Dogs as well. But I think okay. the one thing I did notice when I played a little bit of Yakuza Zero is that there was a lot of a lot of text to read through. So it is it does lean into the Japanese RPG side of things a bit. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I I will definitely be playing a bit more of certainly Yakuza Zero and probably Yakuza Kiwami now as well. So I may report back on that in the future and let you know. But I'm sure there's a few PlayStation fans listening to this who are screaming at me for completely yeah. <laughs> miscategorizing <I'm>, this game. <laughs> I know it's got quite a fairly large fan base. It's quite a well-regarded yeah. series of games. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. Don't know too much about it either, but um, maybe one I'll check out at some point. We also got November's Game Pass editions have been announced again. It seems like a a decent spread of games. So we've got Grip, which is a racing kind of combat style racing game that's releasing straight into Game Pass. Our review's just gone up on site today. I think uh, Kevin gave it a three out of five. So kind of above average. So check that out if you're interested. We got Oli Oli 2 XL oh. edition. <laughs> I actually played the first one quite a lot, so I might check that out as well. Oli Oli Two. I didn't even I didn't even know that existed. Nice. I think it was probably a year, two years ago they released that. Wow. Uh, we got Rise and Shine. That's not one I know about. Sheltered again. Not know too much about that one. And uh, probably the big one, Sniper Elite Four. Mm. They've also said that there's going to be some more games added. Uh, they're going to reveal them at XO eighteen, which we discovered I think is a week tomorrow. Yep. So uh, we'll obviously next week in the build up to XO18, we'll have a, a big speculation special where we can get everything wrong that Microsoft are going to reveal, probably get our hopes up too much. But 
you never know. Um, and then there's also a bit of sad news, Fallout 4, which wasn't added to Game Pass too long ago, maybe six months, something like that. That is actually leaving Game Pass soon. It hasn't been officially announced, but we picked it up on their Leaving Soon page, so it could be sometime. It's normally, they normally give you about two weeks' notice, so it could be middle of this month or maybe the end of November. We'll have to wait and see, but doesn't give you a lot of time. Yeah, I didn't play it, but I'm not actually too sad about that fact. Um, unfortunately (laughs) we have a question here from stanley and he says with the mention during last week's financial earnings call by the ceo of microsoft that game pass will eventually make its way onto pc do you think this will mean a bigger focus on play anywhere titles or convincing the devs and pubs of win 10 only titles to join the game pass library yeah so i was a bit confused because i thought that game pass was already on pc am i completely Am I making that up? I'm sure. I'm sure I've heard people playing things like Forza Horizon Four on PC and saying they got it through Game Pass. But but maybe I'm going crazy. That might be an interesting one. Do you know if you've got Game Pass and you unlock the ability to play Forza? I don't know how that works. Whether it would work on PC as well. Like, mm. That's an interesting one, I guess. My PC wouldn't run <laughs> <laughs> games like this anyway, so I, I don't play anything on the PC like this. But It'd be interesting to see if, like he says, like you know, more games might become play anywhere and join both of them, because mm. there's obviously uh, there's like a hundred odd titles, obviously in Game Pass. I don't know how difficult it'd be for some of them to add them to the Microsoft Store. They're probably on Steam a lot of them, mm. so maybe it could be something they say, like you know, you get even more money for your older games if you add them, just port it over quickly, and obviously they'll get some proper sales as well. I'm probably on. Windows 10, I don't know. I just, I can't see it being a huge growth area for them to no. to put Windows 10 stuff into Games Pass, especially if it, it risks sort of making it confusing, at all confusing for people on Xbox if they've got mm. some Win 10 only stuff coming up on 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 the menus or if they have to do any work with, with their store integration to make sure that that stuff doesn't come up. It might. And then trying to get convinced publishers to do it when they've probably got some kind of deals with Steam and stuff as well. It just it seems seems unlikely at this point. I mean, it's something that I'm sure they're aiming towards in the future because they're really trying to get towards a, a point where people are playing Microsoft stuff anywhere they go. But yeah, yeah. I, I can't see it suddenly going to be a, a, a surge in in Win Ten titles turning up in Games Pass. But I could no. be wrong. I think it kind of creates more problems than it solves. To be mm. honest, I think yeah. you're right. People don't really want to see their Win 10 only stuff when they're loading up their Game Pass library. All right. And then last little bit of industry type news. We got, I think it was four titles. Yeah, four titles added to Back Compact this week. So we got the original Just Cause, Castlevania Lord of Shad- Lords of Shadow, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, and Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate HD. Lots of Castlevania stuff going yeah. on at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I never realised how many people love Castlevania until. Yeah, like, so I'm not I'm not much of an expert, but I know that the Lords of the Shadow games are fairly f- fairly well regarded, or at least one of them is. I can't remember whether it's the first or the second, but I know that basically the series was was popular for in the '90s, and then a bit of a dive, and then the Lords of the Shadow stuff was a little bit of a resurgence. So, and obviously we've got the Netflix series going on at the moment as well. So, I think it's it's all it's all going on at the moment. 
Yeah, I didn't even know there was a Netflix series. That's crazy. Yeah, it's an animated animated series. They've just oh, finished nice. their second season, and I think they've. I just read the other day that they've optioned it for a third. So I think that's probably partly why all this Castlevania stuff's mm-hmm. cropping up because they're taking advantage of the fact that Netflix have got it right up yeah. on their homepage. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Is it like an anime type thing? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's English dub. I think it's the guy, uh, one of the guys from the Hobbit. Um, oh really the king dwarf i cannot remember his name <laughs> he plays the main character um so they've got quite a quite a strong english voice cast but it's yeah it's certainly anime style it, it, i watched the first couple of episodes it was it was really good so uh yeah it's definitely worth checking out oh nice okay and then moving on to the last bit of big news this week and we've got a couple of questions to follow on from this Activision have announced that spyro the reignited trilogy will not be entirely playable from the disc yeah, so it's we don't really know why. Uh, I mean, it's not. I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of in two minds about it anyway because on the one hand, it seems odd that you can't put a decades old game onto <laughs> a modern Blu-ray disc, even if there are three of them. Like, it, it, there's got to be more than enough space on there. But at the same time, I'm always online anyway, so I don't I don't really yeah. mind if I have to download stuff, especially if the first game is on the disc. Presumably, most people will be playing through that first. So you think they would probably have enough time to let the other two download <laughs> while they're playing through the first one and maybe not get too upset. But yeah, it's an odd one. I don't, we don't really know why there's, there's probably some clever marketing or financial reason for it or, or a technical <laughs> thing behind the scenes, but it just seems a bit strange when, especially when you consider, although I suppose actually rare replay, I don't think that was all on the disc either when they put all those, however many games they had on rare replay, I'm pretty sure when I installed that, I had to download most of them separately. I, I got mine digitally through Mixpot or whatever it was called. Right, yeah, yeah. So mine just all of a sudden downloaded digitally anyway. Yeah, see, I, I, had, was... I had the disc and I'm pretty sure it all then came up in my download queue. So there's there's got to be some kind of science behind it somewhere, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah it's a bit of an odd one. But it just seems odd in the fact that it's called the... The Reignited Trilogy, and if you haven't, I mean, I'm sure most people who play an Xbox One or a PS4 have it connected, mm-hmm. mm. but if, if you're the one person who doesn't, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be well disappointed. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I love Spyro too. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of defeats the point of putting it on a disc in the first place, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. We had a question from Tyler who's basically, uh, he basically explained the situation and he said, is it a big deal or not? I mean, it's not not for me, and I can't. I mean, like Dave said, if you're the one person who doesn't connect their their current gen consoles, then well, mm. I think this is going to be the future. So <laughs> at some point, you might have to try and connect your console up. But yeah, yeah, Join the rest I, of us. yeah. And I know that, that there's a lot of people who like to collect physical stuff, and maybe they're feeling a bit sore that that it's technically not all there on the disc, but. Mm. I don't know. I, I haven't got enough time, energy to, to get too stressed out about stuff like yeah. that, to be honest. It's quite low on my priorities, whether it's yeah. coming off the disc or whether it's coming off the console. <laughs> we got one more question as well. I don't know if it links into what we were just talking about, but it says, with Activision deciding that they will release a day one patch containing a bunch of levels that should have been on the disc, are you concerned that other developers may start to do this in an attempt to meet deadlines imposed on them? Also, do you agree with this practice or not? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this was the other point I was going to make anyway, is that even if a game is technically on a disc, when was the last time we bought a AAA game yeah. that didn't have a day one patch? So, you know, it's it's not technically on the disc anyway. So, 
it does it doesn't bother me and and i think there's can be all sorts of reasons why they don't don't put anything put things on the disc straight away it might be that they've got some more development to do and frankly that's fair enough for me like you know if they've if they've got to the point where they they had to go gold with the printed version of the disc but they had a whole bunch of other stuff to do i'd much prefer them to just say okay well this part's on the disc and this one's to download than to put it all on the disc and some of it's broken and then they have to try and patch it off the disc mm-hmm. i mean that seems to me like i mean i don't really you know i'm not a developer so i don't really know but that seems like it would be more difficult and more risky to to try and do that than to presumably be able to kind of get hold of the digital version of a game or or a level or whatever and and properly fix it at their end before redistributing it just seems especially if all of that's happening really in the in the month between getting the disc printed and the game actually being released so the only problem for the player is to then have to download it seems like a small price to play to get a better game um for sure yeah, yeah. the usability or whatever the word is for mm. you know getting getting your game fixed quickly and without much hassle is you know the 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 main upside here but i think it kind of links in with the the culture these days maybe of partially unfinished games which uh i've never been happy with but uh (laughs) yeah i guess from my perspective i i mean playing pc games in the early 90s i I've never been, there's never been a generation where there haven't been loads and loads of broken games. And mm. the difference back then was that they never got fixed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, from, from, from one side of it, yeah, it's a bit rubbish that the culture is that way. But on the other side, I, I prefer it now where the games are getting fixed compared to get, getting really excited for a game coming out and then it being broken and no one can do anything about it. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's true. Yeah. I just want I just want my games to be finished. That's that's, yeah. that's all it is. But I, I guess enough. as you, as you say, it's it's been a, it's not just the culture nowadays. I think it has probably been a problem since the dawn of of video gaming. So yeah, I've got, I've got nothing about nothing against day one patches as long as you know when they when they have this list of stuff that's wrong with the game that they know they need to fix. Yeah. they can make sure that it is fixed for that day one patch. Mm. Do you know. If, like if it comes, if the day one patch comes and only addresses half the issues they knew were there, then it's not really a great practice, is it? No. And so, like on a tangent, one thing that I really don't like is like you know, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey special missions. You know, if you buy the season pass and stuff like that, they might only be one or two little you know side missions in a game that don't really change the overall story or anything like that but mm. i hate that practice of like spend a few more quid and you'll get two extra little missions or yeah buy it from asda and you get this mission or this skin and stuff like that. yeah I hate stuff like that. i mean i know that they came under a bit of fire when they came out with all these time saving the you know spend three quid and you you can reveal everything on the map kind of stuff which i don't personally have a problem with but i think that since the whole microtransaction thing came you know, blew up at the end of last year i think that even a relatively minor microtransaction like that it doesn't really give anyone an advantage. It's just a way to speed the game up. Even so, I think yeah. people are starting to get a bit like, well, did you make the middle section of this game super long and bloated so that people would buy the speed up thing? You know, it, yeah, it, people are starting to get suspicious. So, yeah. That's definitely, it's in like, like you said, there was that middle section in Assassin's Creed where you suddenly hit a wall yeah. and you have to go up maybe five levels or something like that. Yeah. But it wasn't something I was I hated because I kind of still enjoyed a lot of the side missions in there. But 
Yeah, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do it deliberately. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough. <laughs> I've like a publishers. Uh, let's chat about this week's streams. We did four again. Yeah, we had four more ID games this week that we were streaming. The first we're one. We're still on old ones, aren't we? We Next are. Next week we'll actually get new ones. We are. We're, we've got the codes again, which a few people in the streams were asking about. But yeah, we've got the, the the steady drip of ID games coming back in, which is good. The first one was Time Carnage, which we thought when we were looking at it, we thought it was like a um, on rails like arcadey shooter, you know, like I thought um, it was Time Crisis. Yeah, that's it. That's the one I mean, Time <laughs> Crisis. We thought that's what it was going to be like, um, but it turns out it's just a bad port of a VR game to. Oh, no. um, well to a controller input so you just it's a it's a shooter a survival like horde mode shooter where you can only stand in one spot um so <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend playing it uh, <laughs> we had a, quite a bad day on that day because the next game we tried to fire up w- wouldn't run so we just played minute for an hour which is quite a fun game so i really want to play this so it's, 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 it's good really yeah, good it's good we streamed it before but um it's a little pixelated um top-down game kind of like pokemon or something but you've yeah. only got a minute to do anything before you die and you respawn back where you started uh so it's quite an interesting kind of gameplay or method of gameplay mm. you've got to go and do as much as you can in a minute and then every life you'll hopefully unlock something new that you can use in the next life and it kind of spirals onward and you can check was it obvious what you'd have to kind of unlock to survive the next time or uh, sometimes it was Sometimes it's where you just die in every minute for twenty minutes. Yeah, and going, what was you, you, you do get that. There's a there's a section where there's a desert, which is like maybe like twenty screens by twenty screens wide. So you're just constantly running to the right, and like you're not seeing anything. You're hoping something's going to happen before you you die. And then the game kind of unveils that you can get running shoes. So you're spending the next however long trying to get enough money from doing other stuff to buy the running shoes, and then you can go back to the desert with the running shoes and you're fast enough to make it to the other side and stuff like that. So it's kind of, um, it's not always obvious, but it's, it's pretty easy to progress and it, it deals you achievements very quickly, which is nice. Mm-hmm. We got 15 achievements in an hour, which is insane. Nice. Um, next up we had league of evil, which is extremely basic 16 bit platformer. Not much to say about it, to be honest, it was quite nondescript, but perfectly serviceable. I guess that's the only compliment I'll give it. Moving on, we had Deadliners, which I will talk about later on because we've had a question about streams. We've got multiple questions about streams, actually. But yeah, it's a kind of puzzler where you control a little snake thing and you've got to make it through the levels. I've, I thought it was abysmal. But um, <laughs> Tracy Gill, with the introduction of Mixer Season 2 and the ability for streamers to earn more money through viewer interaction on streams, do you plan on changing your streaming schedule to maximize your earning potential? It's <laughs> mm, an interesting right, one. So let's, de- let's describe this. So yesterday, Mixer announced they'd added some updates and they're calling it Season 2 because that is what they decided to do. The big difference is that you'll notice straight away are uh, on a channel, there's a new skills button, and that skills button will have uh, little like stickers that you can display in chat. Mm-hmm. It has some kind of effects and things that you can put on, so like little fireworks popping in the chat, or there was one that you could put a uh, GIF in there. And there's all these different things, and you pay for these with sparks, which you earn two sparks every minute you watch a game. 
being streamed and i think it's a bit more when you're actually streaming maybe five or ten per minute when you're streaming the game and basically these sparks have just been sat there and the only way to really use them in the past has been if you did an interactive stream some of them give you options you know 50 sparks and you can make music play on the stream and stuff like that so they've done this so that you can use these sparks which was finally something to actually use them for on every channel without the channel having to program all the interactivity and and they've got a thing going on, and I'm not sure if this is going to be a weekly thing or if it's just a one-off thing, but basically for over six days, the more sparks people earn in your channel, you as a streamer, if you partnered, get an actual monetary reward back from it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> obviously yesterday our stream was a little bit mental because everybody's spamming these things, and they, they range from like 50 sparks for a little sticker in chat up to one that's 200,000 sparks, and there's like a beach ball <laughs> screen over, overlay over the screen, yeah. and everybody can kind of tap these hands and you try and keep it in the air as long as possible. So it was a bit mental, and we got up to one and 1.3 million sparks spent in the stream, but obviously that's everybody just spamming all the sparks he'd ever earned, really. Mm-hmm. So it's going to calm down now. Yeah, we got a couple <laughs> of people dropping 200,000 at once. Uh, yeah, I've not even earned 200,000, and I've watched <laughs> pretty much every stream we've done because I've been giving out codes and stuff in it. I can imagine it's going to calm down now. In terms of switching the stream to maximize the earning potential, I, I don't think it's so, because I, I guess most people probably spent what they had yesterday. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone... Uh, empties their their sparks uh, quickly but um <laughs> the, the first day of it was yesterday so it does line up quite well anyway with our streams because it resets every week so we we can get rewards again for our sparks next thursday and we will we will be streaming next thursday anyway so i feel like that's instead of, pretty good instead of two hundred thousand beach balls people will be dropping 50 yeah. little stickers <laughs> yeah. you know, i think i think that's probably what they kind of there's gonna they're gonna introduce an, another thing that's coming soon it's not available yet where you can buy embers they called which are like special sparks mm, and you've got to pay and money for them get, haven't you yeah and you'll get special things you can use like rare stuff and then the streamer will get like a bit of a kickback mm-hmm. from what you spend i guess but i don't know so it's, it's something they're going to adjust and kind of is in a beta i suppose so they've got yeah. feedback in the partner discord and stuff about how it's progressing and because I know quite a few people were getting annoyed at the number of stuff that was getting spammed yesterday. Yeah, well, I think, as you say, it's it's going to level out at some point. Yesterday was the yeah. big excitement about it, but it'll be, <laughs> um, <laughs> be interesting to see how it progresses and how much uh, we can make out of it, I guess, uh, over the coming months. The next one comes from Paper Concept. He says, I'd like to know if streaming deadliners has truly raised the question of how poor some ID Xbox games are. In comparison to XBLA, has the standard dropped? While we now get much more games, has this affected quality? Or do we look back on XBLA, Braid, ETC with rose-tinted glasses? Now, I didn't really see too much of XBLA, so I don't, I can't really compare. But XBLA was like a, a weekly curated list of games that they'd put out. So I think it was a Wednesday they used to drop, and you'd probably get two a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they, they were normally like the the top level of the the indie games. There was still some rubbish XBLA games, don't get me wrong, but mm. now on 
Yeah. ID at Xbox, you probably get in like the last couple of weeks have been pretty slow, but normally a general week you probably get in what between eight and yeah twenty <laughs> games releasing. Sometimes you'll get loads, but yeah, I think I can only speak to what I see on the ID uh, lists, and there is a lot of bilge, to put it bluntly, <laughs> to put it completely bluntly. Um, yeah. But comparing it to a to a platform like Steam, I still think it might be a, a notch above it to some extent. I mean, well, got- I mean, I think it's it's. I mean, it doesn't even matter that it's ID necessarily. It's just that there's so many more games now. Like you say with Steam, like they they, I, th- I think the stats I saw was was four thousand last year, four thousand games added, and you know the chances of even the tenth of that being any good is is pretty low you know if you if you're putting that much content out there the chances of you having to stumble through a lot of rubbish to get to the gems is mm. is you know it's a lot harder to do now than it was in previous generations because there weren't there weren't so many games around generally not For just sure. not just independent stuff yeah everyone's trying to make it big uh yeah. making their 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 little hobby game yeah next thing you know you're streaming it but <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, do th- I guess this is one of the best things about streaming it, though, because we can we just pick the games and you can kind of see, is it good? Is it bad? There's definitely been some gems that we've played, like Aero I'd never heard of until we streamed it, and then mm. it was probably one of my favourite kind of ID games that have been released. So, Yeah, it's always nice when you, you, you expect something and then you get completely surprised by an ID game, and it, yeah. it's, it's a nice experience. Mm. Um and even even if it's bad, you know, it's still entertaining for people to take the Mickey out of it on the stream. So <laughs> it's kind of a win-win in terms of the streams. I think, as Sam says, it's going to be harder and harder to find those gems when when there's so many uh, games to choose from. I'd rather there was the choice, though. Do you know? What I mean, as long as you you can kind of read reviews and you know see streams of these games and stuff to make an opinion of it, I'd rather there was a choice of. 20 games I could choose from a week than none. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's got advantages. It has indeed. The question of the week is here as well from Joe Carter. And she says, with your stream being primarily indie games and ID Xbox hitting 1K games recently, what have been some of your favorites and which ones would you like to set on fire? <laughs> uh, I had a little list here. These are just the first things that came to my mind. Obviously, I've streamed hundreds of games at this point, so probably missing out some really bad ones and some really good ones. But Dead Cells was the first one I thought of. It was one of the only ones that I actually played um, on the stream and then went home and played it loads more. And it's just a really fun roguelike 2D action game. Really well made. Um, everything you want out of a kind of roguelike, loads of weird items and randomly generated stuff going on. And people seem to enjoy watching me play it, which is good. And Overcooked as well, which is a completely different type of game. But I think whenever we get one of those good local co-op games and there's two of us or more on the stream, uh, it's always really fun. That's the the best thing about streaming with someone else is when you can play a really good local co-op game uh, like Overcooked. I think it was Overcooked 2 we actually did, not Overcooked. But um, yeah, those are two that stood out to me. And um, bad ones, obviously Deadliners. And where are my friends? Deadliners, I don't know, I guess I'll describe it. It's, I, I talked about it a bit before, but just the the way, the difficulty they put, obviously the game itself was quite well made. It was polished, but just there wasn't any substance to it. You just got to navigate a little snake, little snake of pixels around a maze, basically. And the kind of, the, the selling point of the game is that it's hard, I guess. 
but it's just it's not even like fun hard it's just frustrating hard so you're just trying the same thing over and over again trying to fit this snake through a tiny little gap in a maze and like trying to get it to teleport over and you have to be like pixel perfect with your inputs and stuff and it just it wasn't a good game from a gameplay standpoint or from a streaming standpoint because the entire stream just has to watch you you know failing over and over and over again <laughs> so yeah and where are my friends which was just a absolute concoction of just ridiculousness <laughs> like I, I don't know how to describe it but it's just all over the place go and check it out google where are my friends if you if you feel like being entertained by a bad game but um it's just the game switches genres constantly. The, the the text that comes up on the screen makes no sense. It doesn't help you at all. You, you switch it switches into like a comic book style, and then the entire style of the game changes, and the characters are the same, but the way they're rendered on the screen is completely different. Like it's just a it's just a mess, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. So those are my four. Uh, do you have any, Dave? You've been in most of the streams. Arrow was obviously again. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned it. That was definitely a highlight of mine. Um, Trying to think of some of the really good ones. You get the surprising ones that you like, wow, that's ID. Do you know, like the Sniper Elite Four was an ID game, stuff like that. And it's like, wow, that's pretty much a AAA game. Obviously, Hellblade <laughs> was really good. But yeah, generally, a lot of the streams that we seem to do, the thing that annoys me the most about them is not, I don't play them, so I don't have an opinion if they're good or bad to play. But it just seems like the same games being remade constantly. It's like, platformers or you know uh roguelites and stuff like that there's just loads and loads of them i prefer the the ones that kind of take a bit of a different direction yeah. you know like stuff like the, the point and clicks which we wouldn't get on xbox you know the, if it weren't for idea xbox yeah. so if you're a fan of them all them kind of stuff I, like that's good and you know like we're streaming one next week but you know like the fmv ones where it's like you're watching a, a tv show or something oh, yeah. where you get these little choices Something like that, I'd never get like a, tr- a proper release physically. So st- I, I enjoy the stuff like that. That's like a little bit different and mm. it's fun and kind of creative. Yeah, there are too many platformers uh, around. And yeah, it's nice when you see different genre of game in, in the list for sure. That segues me nicely into next week's streams because we are doing an FMV game, which is the Shape Shifting Detective. I don't know too much about it, but I've watched the trailer and it seems like a kind of murder mystery. Yeah. Where you're, all these actors are talking to you and you can do different stuff to them. It's been published by Wales Interactive, so they've done quite a few of that kind of style of game. It seems they're single-handedly try to bring that to the masses. Is, I think that's like the third or fourth. Like, oh, okay. This type of game they brought out. Uh, the only one I'd heard of before was Super Seducer, which a lot of people seem to know about, which oh, is no, like no. a dating sim <laughs> that's game. That's a terrible game. No, this is, it's, it's kind of like playing a telltale style game oh, where okay. you know stuff will up you don't really have control of where they go but you know you're kind of watching a film but imagine at key points there'll be a choice and then that'll alter the next scene okay i see it's quite interesting i've never actually played a game like that before so it'll be a first for me uh then we've got jackbox party pack 5 which is just a party game i think there's loads of different um stuff you can choose from should be interesting yeah, it's quite quite good for streaming so you get like a room code so people can join in oh, on the phones really? and nice i didn't know that and stuff. well so people from the stream can can join in yeah when you choose a game it'll give like a four digit code oh, nice. and then you go to the the jackbox website put in that code and then 
eight of you can play the game together or however many it is cool and then on the eighth we've got sinner sacrifice for redemption and home sweet home which is a first person horror game got a little bit of site news to cover before we finish for today so we've got a new giveaway going on on tt so we're giving away a playstation copy of battlefield 5 which releases uh, towards the end of this month sadly without battle royale but hey swings and roundabouts so yeah go and enter that you can loads of different ways to enter leave a comment tweet all that kind of good stuff uh we're giving away a controller on ta again this week so go and enter that one that's uk only sorry everybody who moans but that's what we get asked to do and then last little bit this week we're going to talk about von Coin properly so richie's going to join us we're going to ask him some questions because i know there was a lot of feedback in the announcement story people skeptical people excited for it so we're going to try and find out all the information for you mm-hmm. and we'll be back in a sec okay and to finish up this week's episode of the podcast rich has jumped into the hot seat <laughs> to- <laughs> <laughs> it is warm from ollie's backside <laughs> uh, you're here to talk to us about the Von Coin that we kind of announced on site a couple of weeks ago. I know the thread went a bit mental. There was lots of questions. Basically, if you can just start by explaining who are Von Bismarck, the company behind the idea. Yeah, so um, Von Bismarck are an Irish company, a tech firm. They came to my attention about three years ago, probably two or three years ago. Um, they were talking to us about potentially building something into our Xbox One app, the True Achievements Xbox One app, to have marketplace links. So they have an online store uh, on the Xbox and on the web uh, called The Mall. So you can actually download The Mall app uh, still. And it's a, it's, a, it's a store, but for stuff related to gaming. So um, hard drives or merchandise for particular games or things like, you know, that uh, amazing statue thing you got, Dave? Yeah, um, for cyberpunk stuff like that all sort of cool and funky game related goodies basically and they contacted us about putting something into our app so that let's say you were looking at the gears of war achievement list page or one of the achievements in gears of war we could have a little context sensitive ad on the side for buying some a gears of war t-shirt or gears of war controller stuff like that at the time we talked for quite a bit about it but at the time we just put the app out and to have to rewrite a load of stuff for it wasn't a great timing for us. So we abandoned it, but we had, you know, lots of nice meetings and um, we got on really well. So I was quite impressed by their company as a whole. And so they, yeah, they got in contact with us earlier this year um, and, and told us about the Von Coin project. Okay. So what is the idea of the project? So the basic principle is that as you earn achievements, you will, be given coins for those achievements but they didn't want to just do it on based on gamer score they wanted to do it based on a difficulty ratio type thing and obviously we are the number one people to do that so it seemed like a good fit for us to help out with it so for every bit of true achievement score you earn you will get a piece of coin uh, and then you will be given coins that you can then spend uh, on auctions for merchandise, exactly as I discussed earlier. So it's, I think it's a similar product set to uh, what they have in the mall. Um, so yeah, so basically you play games as normal. 
first of all, you register, then you play your games as normal. Then every TA point you get, you'll get a part of a coin, which then goes into your balance. And then you can use that to bid in the auctions for all the cool stuff. Okay. Um, I know I saw questions around this, like inflated ratios at release dates and things like that, but that's something that you kind of yeah. worked into it. Haven't you? So obviously, as soon as they spoke to us about this, I came up with a load of reasons of how people might want to try and game the system or possible issues. And that obviously includes stuff around ratio going crazy when games release. So let's say you're a, a reviewer of a game. Let's take Red Dead Redemption, for example. Yeah, Dave. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, not looking at anyone here. Um, and you get a couple of weeks to play the game early and then you unlock loads of the achievements and then two weeks later the game actually releases properly. As anyone that's a fan of TA will know, uh, that reviewer's score for the game will go absolutely ballistic as everyone starts playing the game um, and they all pop that first achievement which registers them as having the game. Meanwhile, Dave's unlocks the (laughs) story completion (laughs) which takes 60 hours and the ratio for that will go absolutely ballistic. I believe you had over 12,000 TA for Red Dead when it dropped. Yeah, from about 200 games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So obviously, that would be that would cause trouble for... Well, it wouldn't cause trouble. It would just mean reviewers would get an absolutely boatload of, of free TA. So we've built in some stuff. So when you earn the achievement, it's um, 14 days after you earn it that you actually get the score that is for that achievement at that point. So you don't get the score for the achievement the moment you get it you get it 14 days later which um pretty much wipes out most of the ratio inflation so for example on the written people are going to say oh but you just gave the example about dave but dave actually didn't finish the storyline achievement until the day before it came out or a couple of days before it came out so 14 days after that is when it's leveled out quite a lot uh and there's still an element of ratio decay but we didn't want it so that you know, you earn something and then six months later you get the coin for it. That would be rubbish. So we had to build some sort of delay into factor that stuff out. Uh, and two weeks seemed like a, we did a load of research and two weeks seemed like the sweet spot. Okay. So one of the things I kept see reoccurring was because they kind of mentioned that it was based on a cryptocurrency and people are presuming that you're going to, they're going to be using your Xbox to mine for coins in the background of things. Is any of that going on? No. So, yeah, I spoke to Ewan about this this week. He was so grateful for all the feedback that came back in that um, thread because uh, when you're trying to explain something like this, I think it's quite difficult to explain the concept. And they, I think they put too much emphasis on the cryptocurrency part of it. Really, that's pretty much irrelevant. Um, the key is that you'll get coins for your true achievement score that you earn there's no mining of anything literally the mining is you playing the game and getting the achievement we give you the coins based on that it's nothing you know there's no actual processing going on there's no like graphics cards getting hammered <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> like that it doesn't work like that at all and and so um ewan's gonna adjust ewan is the ceo of the company of Vimbosmart. he's gonna slightly adjust their messaging to uh downplay the crypto part of it i think it was it's led to confusion as to about what it actually is so the, the key thing you have to remember is that you basically get get your Von coins just for playing games and popping achievements. You don't, the cryptocurrency part is almost irrelevant. I think he's answered, he's been quite active in the thread, hasn't mm. he? Like, replaying it yeah, I mean, I think he was surprised at how how many people suddenly thought it was a scam or, or yeah. they hear people hear the word crypto and they assume it's some dodgy thing and people are like, oh, who are these people? Like, 
I know these guys. I've, I've had lots of conversations with them. They're a successful tech startup. It's a, he's a really, genuinely a really nice guy with some really cool products. So do not worry about them being dodgy or it being a scam. That is, that's just not the case. Okay. Uh, so why did they come to TA and yourself for help? Um, they came to us because we, well, first of all, for our algorithm. So um, as I mentioned, they wanted to reward people for giving more coins for harder achievements or more rare achievements, we should probably say. Um, so TA is an actual fit for that. Plus, we are impartial. We, we have no, what's the expression? No dog in the fight um, yeah. uh, as to allocating the coins. So we are doing the processing for this stuff. We will be the ones that um, track and process your achievement wins and all that stuff because we obviously do it all the, we've got 10 years of experience of doing that stuff so it made sense for them to come for us, to us for that as well so we're handling all of that side of it we're doing all the processing finding your achievement wins um and uh, locking in your your von coin at, at 14 days after they pop and they are working on the other side of it the app and the marketing and all that sort of jazz so yeah and we are independent and we are as he said to us, the the experts in the field, really, there's no one else that knows more about achievement tracking than we do. So it seemed like an obvious fit for us to help them. So uh, I spoke, as I said, I spoke to him this week and um, their app is coming along nicely. We're in November now, we just ticked over into November and they are expecting the beta to start uh, towards the end of this month. I think the first week of December at the absolute latest, but they're just working on making their app pretty at the moment. But all the all the functionality is working, all the backend stuff's working cool. So yeah, the beta, the closed beta will be this uh, this month, or as I say, just maybe touching into December. They've commissioned a load of cool merchandise, prizes, and all stuff, um, and that's all going to go. I think the first auction is due to start in December, and then the open beta will be coming early next year as well, before the full launch in 2019 so it's a pretty cool project i'm really excited about it for i'm i was really sad when microsoft stopped their reward program for gamer score related things yeah. uh obviously ta users are probably the biggest achievement hunters in the world so for them um for me as well it's it's a really cool thing for us to be able to get some stuff for free basically oh and the other thing was people were, were dubious about what's the business model Another part of the Ewan's conversation with me this week was to, they're going to be totally um, upfront and transparent about all how it all works. All the business model, all that stuff is going to be on their website as well. So they're not selling your data or anything like that. Don't, don't panic about any of that stuff. It is a traditional advertising promotional model that is pretty much how the world works across the board these days. So uh, there's nothing snide going on and they will be um, completely transparent about all that stuff on their website when the time comes. So do not panic about anything. There's a lot of cynical people out there, and I totally get that. There are a lot of evil people in the world and people out just to make a fast buck. Uh, This is not one of those instances. This is a legitimately cool project that I'm quite happy to be involved in. So obviously, I've got 20 years of business experience now. I'm not the type of person to just fall for a scam as much as anything. I wouldn't put our name that I've worked 10 years to build and get to where we are now. Um, alongside something if I thought it was in any way dubious. So please don't panic about any of that stuff. It is, it's a cool thing, and hopefully it, it works really well and get everybody involved and people can get some cool prizes. And as well, I'd like it has all been checked out by Xbox and Microsoft themselves, haven't they? It's not some Yeah, no, it's all been checked. The, the, I wasn't prepared to uh, put my name forward to anything that would um, – 
potentially get us into any hot water with Microsoft or anything. So they, it has been approved by them already. The app is, there's no issues with us doing any of this stuff. So Microsoft are giving us the thumbs up. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's going to be cool. So it's too late to sign up for the beta now, or at least the closed beta. But um, assuming that all goes well, and it, all of our initial testing has gone very well, we'll let you know more about when the open beta is coming. Um, but it will be the start of next year. So hopefully it all goes very well and people get some cool stuff for free. Yeah, I'm sure they'll let us know in the forums. I'm sure they will, yeah. <laughs> no, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, if you have any more questions that we didn't answer, just leave us a comment in the thread. Or go to the Von Coyne story because I know he's been really active. In yeah, there, uh, feel free to stick it in this thread and I'll point him to the questions um, should you have any more. Or I'll find out the answers and post them. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you. I, feel <laughs> I, can, I can vacate the hot seat now. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it for this week anyway. So have a good weekend and we shall be back next Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.